there's this fun scene in the animated movie Kung Fu Panda. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, Poe, the pandas, sort of clumsy, oafish panda, unsuspectingly meant to save the whole world, constantly distracting the head leader, kung fu guy, Master Shifu. Uh, Master Shifu is sitting cross-legged. He has his eyes closed. He keeps repeating, inner peace, inner peace. And then Poe, the panda, does something or causes something to happen and distracts Master Shifu, and he says, Would whoever is making that sound please quiet down? It's a great movie, actually. I'd like to extend the scene into our moment. I actually think it might be spot on for the cultural, political, social, emotional, personal moment we and you might be in longing, looking, pleading, hoping, begging for peace and constantly distracted bothered, annoyed. If it was just bothersome or annoying, that would actually be quite fine. It's way more than that. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting. Injustice and pandemic and volatility. And you've read the headlines. Peace. In the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the word is shalom. The Greek word for shalom is erene, peace. It's not just the absence of violence, stress, exhaustion. It's actually the presence of flourishing, wholeness, thriving, all of creation, flourishing, you too, peace. But you're trying to make decisions about school this fall for your kids. The administrators are working hard and the teachers are adjusting and you're just overwhelmed with who's ever making that noise. Please stop bothering me. Peace. The tweets keep coming unrelentingly and the Facebook posts keep going back and forth and our public discourse has been reduced to 140 characters. Who's ever making that noise? Please stop bothering me. Peace. Most who intended peaceful protests have been co-opted by angry rioters and the riots keep rioting and we're forced into corners. Either you're for justice or about public safety because you can't be both. Who's ever making the noise, please stop bothering me. Peace. Our hearts ache for it. Our world longs for it. And frankly, it seems so naive and silly to hope for anymore. Peace. The Apostle Paul invites us to spend some time around peace. He he flips a phrase, the peace of God to the God of peace. I want you to listen for it in this next moment in the letter he wrote from jail to a group of Christians in Philippi. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women who have struggled alongside of me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord 
always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses knowledge, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, think on these things. Keep on doing the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. You're welcome to find them in a Bible uh, with you or the smartphone on you. Paul starts out with Euodia and Syntyche, two women. Apparently, they're, they're at odds. Apparently, they're not seeing eye to eye. They, they, they don't get along. They're arguing. I'm not sure why. No one really knows why. And fortunately, we have 2,000 years of Christian history behind us, so we know now not to argue, not to fight, not... I'm being sarcastic. I'm sorry. That's not a helpful way of public communication. Whatever disagreement it was then has been transported into a different context and found a new home. Mask or no mask? That is the question. Who's ever making the noise? Please stop bothering me. Peace. I was walking toward a friend the other day, intended to pass by, offered the obligatory, how are you? socially conditioned to ask. I didn't really expect an answer. He stopped, so I had to. He exhaled in a different direction and said, I'm overwhelmed. Peace. I was in a conversation with one of our local school administrators on Tuesday, thinking it's pretty tough right now to be a school administrator. So I asked, how are you doing? She stopped too. She exhaled too. She said, I'm stressed and tired. I'm thinking she's talking for a whole lot of us. Peace. Shalom, Irene, call it whatever you want. Our hearts ache for it. Our world longs for it. And it seems so fleeting and futile and silly anymore. And yet, and still, the Apostle Paul invites us. He begins, actually, the the book of Philippians, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and then doesn't bring it up again until here, until now, until this. Chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, and then turns the phrase two verses later, and the God of peace will be with you. The peace of God guards, and the God of peace inspires. So let's pivot around those two phrases, and then then we'll head for the table. The peace of God. The peace of God guards. That's, That's what Paul's suggesting, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. It's a fascinating juxtaposition in words. Peace of God guards. Guards is a militaristic term. I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't making it up. To actively, by defensive or offensive means necessary, to guard. 
In other words, God will do what it takes to guard you with peace. So you don't have to fight. You can rejoice. You don't have to defend. You can be gentle. You don't have to be consumed by anxiety, but can pray honestly. The God of peace guards. If I'm being honest, these verses from Philippians, I have a fairly ambivalent relationship with them. If I don't, I'm mean, probably not supposed to have ambivalent relationships with Bible verses, but I do. They're too often thrown around like candy at a parade flippantly towards people who are hurting, struggling, suffering, anxious. Don't worry. Rejoice always. Really? I'm sad. Let your gentleness be made known to all. What, am I supposed to be a punching bag for an angry world? Do not worry about anything. I have reason to be concerned. Have you read the headlines? The Apostle Paul is not inviting us into some sort of spiritual denial. Remember, he's at least in house arrest, if not jail or prison, and is not likely to ever get out before he would be executed because he thinks Jesus is Lord. And he's writing to a group of Christians in a Roman colony called Philippi, where Pax Romana existed, which was great for Caesar and not so good for that band of Christian believers. So he's not inviting us into some sort of spiritual denial, but rather inviting us into a deeper reality the peace of God which transcends understanding, which surpasses knowledge. There's more to life than what you see. There's more to today than the circumstance. There's more than just the situation. It surpasses understanding. The peace of God will guard by whatever means necessary. And then he flips the phrase, the God of peace will be with you. The peace of God guards the God of peace inspires. He goes on this phenomenal run. This is verse 8. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. It almost sounds causal. You get yourself in the right frame of mind. You think noble thoughts, and then the God of peace will be with you. I'm wondering if it's the exact opposite. Isn't that the story of the Christian faith? God shows up before the nothingness of pre-creation chaos and shouts, let there be light, and creation responds with existence. He shows up to Noah with preservation and to Abram with a promise and to Sarai with a son, and in the fullness of time, he shows up to the world with his son, and a cross, and a grave only for resurrection. He shows up to Paul in a flash, and finally one day will come again to make it all right and to make it all new. That's the story of Christianity. The God of peace will be with you, so whatever's true in a world of spin, whatever is honorable in a world of shame, whatever is just in a self-preserving world, Whatever is pleasing in a sad world, whatever is commendable in a selfish world, whatever is excellent in a shortcut world, whatever is worthy of praise in a disappointing world, think about these things. God is with you. I was in a conversation with a therapist friend of mine earlier this week. We were talking about the challenge of eliminating bad habit and practice in people's lives, in our own lives. 
just how hard it is to eliminate destructive practices and patterns. He offered to me what's called the crowding out theory. To simply eliminate something from your life is an uphill climb unless you add to it a positive action, a positive behavior. If you're just going to eliminate, it will be an uphill climb. You can't just eliminate, you add. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent and worthy of praise, think about these things. God is with you. Maybe that's what Jesus had in mind. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. I want to shift gears with you, even if only emotionally, uh, for just a few minutes. I have permission to share this story. I got a phone call on Monday from a dear friend of the Pillar community, a dear friend of mine, sharing with me the excruciatingly sad news of another friend of the Pillar community, uh, Carlos and Cheris Thompson. Car- Carlos is a professor at the seminary, a dear-hearted, beautiful Christ follower. He's been teaching there for just over two years, just about a year ago, uh, was married. Shortly after, a few months after wedding day, they find they're expecting a child a girl, a daughter. Full term. Going to be induced on Monday. For reasons I'm not aware and frankly don't understand, a little girl in her womb died before delivery. Eliana Bella Rose Thompson born on Sunday night and welcomed into the eternal embrace of our Heavenly Father at the same time. What was supposed to be a day of tender celebration becomes a day of excruciating sadness. The pillar community is doing what it can to gather around them with love and support and encouragement. The journey will be long. The journey of grief will be long, and we're going to walk the long road with them in ways and as and when they're ready. I had the privilege of talking with Carlos and Cheris on Wednesday. I was grateful that they answered my call. I was frankly taken aback. Carlos said, There is so much pain and so much beauty. The first face Eliana saw was the face of God. He went on and said something like, I want to be angry with God. That seems satisfying. But in ways I can't explain and don't understand, there is a peace. I can still say, God is good. Peace. Our hearts ache for it. 
Our world longs for it. The peace of God guards, and the God of peace is with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.